Rakata Visit this room tonight. Visit this space tonight. Come in the fullness of your power and your glory. La cobre dinan zobrokoto. Zebre kwati gedidi. Zebededea. Zebededea. Lekunanda bahadi. Isharadaburia kata. La sunambra kedoria badu. Zelo, 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 zelo. Ikobo. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Messiah. Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you that you have already had mercy on us. And so we give you glory tonight. Visit us for good. Visit us for good. That your presence may be seen. Kalasumahatika. Zinenini muhushi. Lakurababaha. Lakurababas nehedi. Tonight we want to hear your voice. We want to experience your power. Let your words be spirit and life. Let your words tonight, Lord, be those of spirit and life. Spirit and life. 
la sura bakatinanduria kababa. So come just like you promised. Kanuma. Aeto rabasiketedede. Come just like you said you would. Do not delay. Dubahanunan. Dubahanunan. We lift our hands to you. Breath of the Father, breathe on us tonight. Breathe on us tonight. Breathe, 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 breathe. For we need you. For we need you. God, we need you. La surekete manta. Rekete bratus kapahaliata. Antomele elo railela. Ilurientus kapalelo. Rend the heavens tonight. Rend the heavens tonight. Bless us tonight. Shift us tonight. Transform us tonight. Aikaba. Conform us tonight. Let there be an outpouring of your spirit. Let our lives never be the same again. Come and move. We say yes. Yes to you. Yes to you. Le kunaraba sikreto rende kahadia. Shamamamoro kore mahasikata. Re kunaila kickstart something. Lord, I release life tonight to every failing organ under the sound of my voice. Let the life source that holds creation in place hit that organ now. Hit that heart. Hit that kidney. Hit that pancreas. Hit that liver. Hit that brain. Hit that spine. Hit Lakuro's muscles. Shenela Kuriataba. Receive life, life divine. We give you thanks and praise. Thanks and praise. Thanks and praise. In the precious name of Yeshua. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight as your word comes forth, we ask for the miraculous to be commonplace in this room. Let the miraculous find expression in this room tonight. Let it find expression. Let the supernatural become natural tonight. Le shulepa atula Lord, tonight, don't just feel our notebooks. Feel our spirits, our bodies and our minds. 
upgrade us to another dimension of you. Upgrade us to another dimension of you. King Spirit, this we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Somebody clap your hands, oh you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Come on, somebody, shout to God, shout to him, give him glory, give him honor and praise. With a voice of triumph, we lift his name on high. Welcome tonight, everybody. It is night six of this spectacular journey that we are on of encounter and transformation. Woo! I feel the glory in the room. God is here. Let the record show. And he's ready. The question is, are you ready? I said God is here. And he's ready. The question is are you I know that I am alrighty let's get straight to the word of the Lord tonight okay let's get this sorted okay I'm not sure what's going on here but alrighty let's get straight to the word of the Lord tonight my name is Israel Illuminate It is my privilege tonight to be your host on night six of this journey of glory. The theme is It is Written. We are literally in 40 days going to attempt to condense the principles that are required for a man to step into a dimension as an avatar of Yahweh. Um, I just realized that I probably didn't do the best of jobs of summarizing where we were going to begin this journey, so let me do it now. Going into the summit, uh, by the way, celebrate Chrissy, who is here with me tonight as usual. Um, going into the summit which is going to be in now 35 days, if not 34. I'm not sure. I've lost count exactly. It's either 35 or 34. Um, God says he's going to be elevating and recruiting men and women to operate in his spirit in our day at the dimension we have. You know, the word I like to use is an avatar of, of Yahweh. And so I am attempting by the grace of God over 40 days to give you a condensed curriculum ready for activation come the summit. By the way, if you haven't registered for the summit, you might want to do so right now. You might want to do so right now. Go to summit.kculture.org and register right now. And while you're there, if you want to be a financial partner of the summit, you can do that as well. And so um, we've been going for five days. Today's day six. We've looked at what is God, not who, what. I don't have time to repeat everything. If it sounds insulting, just follow 
uh, track with the previous days chrissy i think the playlist is in the video description the playlist of our journey so far this this journey our journey so far this journey our journey so far on this our progress so far on this journey is in a playlist in the description of this video whether you're watching on facebook or uh or any of the youtube channels it is streaming on Whew. thank you holy spirit thank you holy spirit and so we looked at what god is, what is god the fact that god i'm not going to summarize everything we've looked at but yesterday we, we looked at what is man and we established what man was we established the flip side of the covenant that Elohim's demand for man is that they are proskineoed, worshipped. Only one Elohim should really ever be proskineoed because he's the only creator. But there are rogue or renegade Elohims who are seeking worship just like the Father is. And that proskineo is man's uh, portion of that covenant. In essence, a life that demonstrates and reveals complete submission and subjugation in one's own mind to the supremacy and lordship and dictates of the spirit elohim we then looked at psalm chapter 8 that the uh reciprocal responsibility of that elohim is to be mindful and visit what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him in essence uh, in the covenant between man and God, uh, especially our God, it is man's job to proskineo. We looked at Romans 12, that worship is not a, is not a one-off thing, it's not a sacrifice or even a song. It is a life that is lived as a living sacrifice. In, in con connection and subjection, help me Holy Spirit tonight, to the desires and the culture of the Spirit. But in, in the flip side, that the Spirit is then... In this case, our spirit is the king spirit, is then obligated to fulfill the covenant by being mindful of man. In essence, the word mindful there to me is to recognize as relevant, as important. It's the opposite of proskineo. You proskineo something superior, you are mindful of something uh, inferior, in that while it may be inferior, you give it elevated importance in your eyes above other things on its level and to visit the word zakar and pakad and that uh it is that it is the preserve and yea the desire and responsibility i might add of the elohim in the equation to visit the man or men in the equation and so tonight uh we are looking chris has put the, the ticker back tonight we're going to be looking at or perhaps write this for me in the banner at how does god visit man now I was going to call this how does a spirit visit man uh, but I didn't want to get in trouble with some of you so just bear in mind that this is not just exclusive or not all of it is exclusive um Golan Hassan we appreciate your messages um, we would appreciate if you didn't spam the chat any further we don't want to have to bar you. We appreciate your messages. We will respond if we see the need to. Right, so it's so not we're looking at how does God visit man? How does the spirit visit man? Are you ready? Because we're about to go deep tonight. Are you, are you ready? 
We're going deep in the Holy Ghost. All right, so let's go. Let's let's start back from Psalm eight, verse four, uh, and then work our way up, or should I say, down in the Holy Ghost. Psalm eight, verse four. So, Chrissy, uh, you know the drill. I'll 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 sort out what is on the screen. You sort out for me. Or I'll start out what is in the share tab. You should start out for me when it should be on display or not. So Psalm 8, verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Zakar. In essence, Elohim, while you are being proskineered by man, you will pay attention to man and you will recognize the standing of man in your ecosystem. This is the primary um benefit of work of walking and working with the spirit tony good to see you with the spirit now um the flip side no let's not go there if i get there so this is why it is beneficial to walk with a spirit um this is the difference between the people who walk with a spirit and those that do not. Because when you have a covenant of proskineo with a spirit, that spirit to keep their side of the covenant is required, yea, compelled to zakar you, in essence, to be mindful of you. In essence, it is irrelevant that you are not, now in the case of our God, now this is the painful part of walking or, or worshipping a lesser spirit. Because even though for a season man has been placed in his capacity, as we saw in Psalm 8, lower than the Elohim, we are really in our authority, in our place in heaven's ecosystem, we are designed to be superior to the other Elohim. This is part of the dichotomy of the human experience. Is that we are, we, our, our form is inferior, but our rank is superior. The Bible says in the, in the, in the world to come, we will judge angels. Uh, and so it is painful in the eyes of the creator when his image, the, ex, the highest level of his image, man, worships in his eyes a slightly lower level of his image. But I digress. When you walk with a spirit, the spirit is compelled, is required, is what I'm looking for, to be mindful of you. What does that mean? How many of you have intentionally or unintentionally killed an ant before you're just walking in your house and there's an ant there and you didn't realize on the garden or whatever or, or hedge or bog or whatever it was a, a millipede and you were running down the sidewalk and you just squished it you were not mindful of it now imagine there are a, there was a colony of ants running by and there's one particular ant in that colony that you have a covenant with 
If you were about to step and you noticed that one ant was there, you would move your leg aside. And therefore, there would be other ants that would be spared an untimely death simply because you were mindful of one. Be careful with a man who a spirit is mindful of. Mm. Let me repeat. Um, if a man really does interact and walk in proskineo with a spirit, that is not the kind of man you should joke with. Unless you have come to the conclusion that you are proskineoing a spirit on a higher dimension. So if a man informs you that he has business with a spirit, do three things. One, check if he's telling the truth. If you suspect he is, two, find out if you are also walking with a spirit. And if you're walking with the spirit, compare the two. And if there is any doubt in your mind that your spirit is clearly superior, leave the man alone. Because when a spirit is mindful of a man, it will commit extreme levels of its resource, power, authority, and ability into the earth realm to back or support the man it is mindful of. Are you with me? What is man that you, the king's spirit, are mindful of him? So when a spirit is mindful of a man and you mess with the man, you are messing with the spirit. If a spirit is mindful of, with, of a man and you align yourself with the man, then you are indirectly aligning yourself with the spirit. Are you all with me tonight? This is what God meant when he said to Abraham, he that blesses you, I will bless. The Bible says Lot came along with Abraham and Lot prospered for Abraham's sake. A spirit was at work in the life of Abraham and the man who just attached himself to him came into the overflow. He then says, and anyone who curses you is cursed. When Balaam, called by Balak, tried to invoke other Elohim against Israel, he checked the spirit and Yahweh said, don't try it. He told Balak, sir, I'm sorry, I know you paid me, but these guys are no-go area. Why? Because there is a spirit mindful of them and he is superior to the spirit I was about to invoke. Are you with me so far? You guys talk to me tonight. Talk to me, talk to me. Well, yes, but may you have your own covenant in Jesus' name. It is my desire over these 40 days that you are no longer blessed just because of me. I I'm teaching you how to establish your own ecosystem so other people can be blessed because of you. Does that make sense? All right. Then, he then goes further, Chris, let's go back to Psalm 8, to say, not only will he be mindful, or will the Spirit be mindful, the Spirit will visit. Mm. 
Now, that, that, these are two different levels. I can be mindful of you without visiting you, but I can't visit you without being mindful of you. I can recognize your existence and your importance without visiting you, but I cannot visit you if I am superior. The, the, the entire purpose of visiting you in itself suggests that I was first mindful of you. And ladies and gentlemen, do not let it, ooh, Israel calm down tonight. Do not let any armchair theologian do what they did to me when I first started walking with God. Don't let people who have not or are not ready to pay the price to be visited by a spirit talk you out of your desire to be visited by a spirit. Because hear me, man was designed for spirit encounter. We looked yesterday at what is man? Spirit, soul, body, right? The entire configuration of man, it is a feature, not a bug, that man is designed not just to facilitate spirit encounter, hear me, but to hunger for it. The Bible says in the book of Exodus chapter 3 that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. It is a feature of our design that every human being longs for connection with something from behind the veil. You need to be taught or cultured or indoctrinated out of your desire for spirit encounter. Remember we looked on day one that spirits are seeking worship. The Bible says God is spirit. A spirit. And they that worship must worship his spirit in truth. But prior to that it says the father is seeking. So spirits are seeking worship. But man is also seeking mindfulness and visitation from the spirit realm. Adam was designed. See, see, the Garden of Eden was not just a location on the earth. That's why you can't find it. It wasn't just a location on the earth. It was a location on the earth that was superimposed with heaven. It's both a garden and a mountain, the Bible tells us. It was the nexus between heaven and earth. When Adam fell, there was a separation. It was num That's why when Eve saw the serpent, and I've taught you the serpent, the Nahash, is not a physical snake. It was a spirit being. She wasn't scared. She referred to it in the Hebrew version of Sir. She literally spoke to it with, she, she understood it had an office. It was normal for man, Adam and Eve, to interact with spirit beings. It's wired into our nature. And that's why absent a relationship with Yahweh, human nature and notice not just africa see tony they lied to us it wasn't just africa in europe the druids the anglo-saxons the gauls all have a history of spirit encounter and sacrifice and worship and demonic interaction so, yes yeah, stonehenge and the rest of them on the far side of the world the native american culture South America, the Mayans, the Aztecs, in Africa, the Egyptians, the Ethiopians, in awe of the Chaldees, the Babylonians, the, the Ugarites. Every 
culture in human culture in history. See, the concept of atheism is new. And what we don't realize is atheism was the devil's response to losing the battle for spirit encounter. Satan found out that for years God kept to Israel, as we saw in Deuteronomy, and gave Satan free reign, kingdom of Satan free reign over the other nations of the earth. But when Christ died and resurrected, right, when Israel was now given, uh, the, the covenant was now expanded, the enemy's kingdom found out. If a man has access to the spirit realm, once he meets the king spirit, there's no contest. So Satan self-preserved by a perversion of spirit encounter that was camouflaged in the absence of spirit encounter. Atheism is still interaction with a spirit. It's just a spirit of intellectualism. It's a spirit designed to inoculate you from sensitivity to other spirits so that it is more difficult for you to encounter the king spirit. Let me know if you're with me so far. So God desires to, or he is mindful of you, but he also desires to visit you. Sir, can you prove it? I'm glad you asked. Let's start in Genesis, shall we? Chapter 1, for the sake of time, I will not go to every chapter or every, every scripture. I may go to some, but check if I'm telling the truth. And if I'm not, you can type in the comment section and say lies. I've got nothing to hide. The first man God created was Adam. And the Bible says God made him in his image and his likeness, put him in the garden. And then it says that God, in, after Adam fell, we see that God came to walk with Adam in the cool of the day. It was normal. So much that he says, Adam, where are you? There's a spot and a time where we usually meet in the spirit. Because, remember, we, I've, I've been teasing, talking about what in the spirit means. Well, if you read Genesis chapter 3 in Chrissy, let's go there. Let's go there. Um, you know, sometimes I want to jump through these things, but I know there's some theologians, especially those of you online, and I know you're used to preachers lying and twisting scripture. So I need to, you know, win your confidence that I am not one of them. So I understand. Genesis chapter 3, shall we come there real quick, please? So verse 8, the Bible says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God, Yahweh, walking, meaning Elohim Adonai, the king or the the Lord of spirits, the spirit who is Lord. We'll talk about what the, there's, there's a lot to talk. I hope we'll get there in 40 days. But we're going to break a little bit down about what it means with God as the King Spirit and what the phrase Holy Spirit means. Because many of you think about the Holy Spirit as a separate entity from quote unquote God. Not quite. He's, he's an expression of God in a pantheon. When God, see, when God, when God sits on his throne, alone he is the father he is Yahweh when he functions in the spirit realm where they are when he wants to make it less unfair see the same way Jesus was ah, help me holy ghost I don't want to go here but you know how Jesus was God uh, God humbling himself into the form of a body 
Jesus was God saying, okay, I'm going to reduce my divinity so that human beings, so I can be one of other human beings while I'm still the prime human being. Well, the, the, the person of the Holy Spirit is that same mentality in the spirit realm. God is saying, I want to make it fair when I engage with these other rogue spirits. So I'm going to distill myself to just quote and unquote another Elohim, but it will be clear I am the holy, meaning a different level Elohim. In essence, it's God contextualizing and reducing his essence into a less overwhelming reality while still maintaining supremacy. But, but we will get there, if not by the summit, maybe in a quorum after the summit. You will love it. It will change your relationship with him. But let's go back, Christy, Genesis chapter 3. So, they heard the voice of the Lord God, Elohim Adonai, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Can we look at that in the interlinear, please? Because this, if you haven't seen it before, is quite mind-blowing. If you have, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> I've taught it before, and then many of you may have seen it on your own. Now, please look at the word for in the cool. In the cool is the word ruah. Ruach, right? Which means, what does ruach mean? Tony, online, spirit, right? Ruach, Ruach Elohim, same word. And the word yom is the word day. Now, which word comes first in the Hebrew? In this order here. Ruach, right? Ruach, yom. So, while the King James... Ah, we give God glory tonight, Tony. While the King James, in my opinion, erroneously translates it as what? The cool of the day, Ruach Yom. The Bible says we must interpret scripture with scripture. If Ruach means spirit and Yom means day, it means we can also interpret it as the spirit's day. God was walking in the day of the Spirit. Where do we see something similar? Revelation chapter 1. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The Lord is, Genesis, oh, uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 3. The Lord is that Spirit. God was walking in the day of the Spirit. In essence, in, this, in, this, in the time frame of his activity, and Adam was missing. Adam, where are you? If, 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 if okay, let, let me take my time tonight. You know, if we don't finish, we've got 40 days, so let's be slow. Right? Let's go slow. So that's Genesis 3, right? All right. And then we know what happened. God kicked them out of Eden, you know, told them, you know, you can't eat of the tree. Thank you, Chrissy, and all that kind of stuff. 
Well, maybe that was a one-off, wasn't it? Not quite. Because in the very next chapter, what happens in the next chapter? Adam knows his wife, Eve. She conceives. He introduces himself, says, I'm Adam, nice to meet you. And a baby pops out. Of course, we know what no means. It means I was in the course. And keep that to your understanding of no throughout the scripture. And then she then had Abel again, right? And some people suggest that they were twins because the Bible doesn't say she knew Adam again, but we don't care. And then what happened? God starts to visit both Abel and Cain again. In the process of time, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground and offering unto God. And Abel brought firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. Listen, and the Lord had respect unto Abel. The Lord was mindful of Abel. The Lord zakad Abel. But unto Cain and his offering, he did not have respect. In essence, God says, Cain, you haven't satisfied the requirement of walking with me. So I'm going to, I told you, be careful of a man who God respects. I'm going to give deference to Abel. But even the Cain he did not have respect for, he was mindful enough to have a conversation with, meaning he visited Cain. Are you with me, somebody? And you see this throughout scripture. After Cain, Cain has a descendant called Lamech, who is also a murderer. And he says, the same way Cain was going to be avenged for anybody who killed him, I more so, meaning God visited him. We see Enoch, right? The seventh from Adam. His name means initiated. A man who went so deep in his walk with God. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. And God says, oh boy. Sorry, that's, that's a Nigerian phrase. God says, God says Charlie for the, for the, for the Ghanaians. Um, how do I say this in, 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 uh, in, in West Indian? God says, my youth, bad man. Let's go. Again, God reveals himself to Noah, instructs him to build an ark. When it comes to Abraham, God shows up to Abraham. Bible says, and God had said, and we see, we see the entire pattern. It is always God's will to reveal himself. Well, sir, that was the Old Testament. What about the new? I'm glad you asked. Well, what about the new? What about the new? And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Us. Who is the us? Those who were alive at the time. Because he didn't dwell among those who were not alive. Dwelt among us. He says, and we beheld. Not we will behold. We beheld his glory. As of the only begotten of the father. So Jesus was the beginning of the New Testament revelation. Well, what happened when he died? The Bible says he appeared to 500 people. 500 people, 500 people, and spend 40 days, like I'm doing now, hint, hint, teaching them of the matters concerning the kingdom. Then after he ascended, shall we see what happened in the early church? Shall we? Peter is in a prison about to die in the book of Acts. And an angel comes and taps him and says, let's go. 
And he gets to the door and he knocks on the door. And a young girl called Rhoda sees him. And she tells the disciple, the unbelieving believers, the guy we've been praying for has been released. They say, no, it's not possible. You must have seen his what? Angel. How did they know, Tony, that a person similar to Peter at the door? Notice, they weren't freaked out. They, they basically told her, it, see, help me, Holy Spirit. It was less crazy to them that she saw an angel than that Peter was released from. Think about it. It was more plausible to the early church. It was more normal to have seen an angel than for somebody they were praying for to be released from prison. So it ask yourself, what, how regular must, have, must spirit encounter have been in the New Testament church? Let's take it a step further. When Paul is on the road to Damascus, Jesus appears to him, right? Okay, you can say that's special. Paul is in a street called Straight. Listen, and the Bible says, AD, let's go there, Chrissy, because I this one, I need to show you this one. This one just tickles me. Any, any, eesh. oh, Rabakati. Acts chapter 9. See, I want you to repent for letting armchair theologians talk you out of your, your hunger for spirit encounter. The same people telling you, or the same people, sorry, who wrote the Bible that the theologians tell you is all you need. And yes, scripture is all you need as a foundation. It's all you need as a test. And it's all you need to live by. Yes. But the men who wrote scripture wrote it out of encounter. Think about that for a second. The men who wrote scripture, right? Wrote, they wrote the overflow of something they lived they didn't expect you to leave what they wrote alone. Jesus said, you search the scriptures. Because in them you think you have eternal life. He says, but all they do is testify of me. All scripture should be is a roadmap to encountering the God who wants to be mindful of you and visit you. <laughs> and I know this from experience because... And I'm grateful to God. When I started my walk with him, I was sola scriptura. By the time I was 21, I had read my Bible several times over. Take that back. By the time I was 16, I had read my Bible several times over. The guy you're looking at, right, is to the glory of God. To the glory of God, right? I am a walking Bible college. Both, I read it on my own. I went to Bible, to study it theologically. Does that make sense, right? I've been doing a doctorate now for almost a decade. I keep starting and stopping. But this dude knows his Bible. But Tony, when I began to walk with the God of the Bible, I realized how little I knew of the Bible. Encounters with God, sensey, correct spirit encounter should not make you look down on the Bible. It should make it more exciting because all of a sudden I began to see, I said, wow, God was, I would, I would experience God. And then he would send me back to scripture and say, 
I wrote it. Why are you excited? I said, wow. So there's a problem with the way we disciple people in scripture because we're discipling them to cram, not as a roadmap to experience. Come with me to Acts chapter 9. This one here, Tony, changed my life. This was perhaps the revelation that made me break into visitations from God. One was Ezekiel chapter 1. The Bible says the heavens opened, he saw visions of God. That happened for me in 2004 slash 5. The second was in 2017, 16, 17, when God opened this scripture to me. Tony, and I swore that as a preacher and an apostle, I would not experience anything less than what the Bible says should be for a disciple. Acts chapter 9, let's look. And there was, chapter, verse 10, Acts 9, 10. And there was a certain disciple. Pause! Certain what? Does it say special? No. Certain, meaning one of the disciples. Does it say apostle? No. Does it say prophet? No. Does it say evangelist? No. Does it say teacher? No. Does it say pastor? No. Does it even say deacon? No. Does it say elder? No. A disciple, meaning every disciple has access to this. A certain, see, it, it was almost like what there was a member of kingdom culture. His name was Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. So God Yahweh, the king spirit, visited a disciple. Somebody say, I am a disciple. Pastor Sam, good to see you. Somebody shout, I'm a disciple. Say, God, visit me. A certain disciple. Not at Jerusalem. At Damascus. And the Lord did what? Said to him in what? In a vision. I'm going to show you how God visits in a second. In a what? In a vision. And he called him by name, Ananias. Now pause. Remember an Old Testament prophet called Samuel. The first time God visited the prophet. What happened? It took him three times. For the priest who was training him to know it was God. Do we see that here? What does that tell us? It is not the first time Ananias is being visited by God in a vision. Can you see how nonchalant he answers? He doesn't go, wow, who is this? He doesn't, like Samuel, he doesn't go looking for Eli. He doesn't have to say, speak, Lord, for your... He just... You're having a conversation. And notice, this is not the inner voice. It's a vision. Help me, Lord. It's a vision, Tony. It's a vision. And Nice just responds casually. Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, look at the specificity, Tony. 
Tony, look at the specificity. So if anybody is excited that God can tell a human donkey, your queen's about to die, you think that's deep, look at this. Or that something's about to happen in a city. Or that there's somebody watching about coming in a boat. You, you guys think that's special. Look at what is the preserve of disciples. Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire in the. So there's a street. It'd be like saying number five, Monsieur Avenue. The street is called Straight, so Straight Street. The house of Judas, meaning that particular house. And ask for a, not there's someone there. Ask for a particular person called Saul of Tarsus. Now pause. Can you see the colon there? Behold. What does behold mean? Look, he's praying. Meaning, not only was God talking to Adonai in a vision, God showed him Saul on his knees. Ah! Hey! See, I know this is not the context in which Theophilus wrote the song, but this makes me want to sing, All I have brought is a sacrifice. I know I've wasted so much time. We've wa See, if you've been saved three years, you've wasted time. This was just a few years after Jesus died. So these disciples were just as new in their faith as a brand new Christian. But nobody had demystified walking with God to them. Nobody had atheized Christianity. We have an atheized version of Christianity. We have Christian atheists in our day. People who give mental assent to the existence of God but don't really believe in their behavior that he exists enough to be connected with. Behold, he's praying. Listen, he goes deeper. He then says, that new guy that is praying, the brand new Christian, I have shown him in a vision. Tony, if it was 2016, as opposed to 17, I think it was 2016, I'd been saved, been born again since 1990, so 2016 would have been 26 years. I'd been preaching 16 years, because I started ministry 2000. I had been pastoring or leading or apostolizing in kingdom culture since 1999. So that would have been seven years at that time, right? This verse, this, this passage messed me up. In 2012, Monsieur Delaros, it is not wild to have encounters. We've just been scammed. Tony, in 2012, I had a vision in which the Lord Jesus appeared to me 
and among other things commissioned me and told me that he was calling me to be his apostle. People had been calling me apostle long before. In 2012, Jesus appeared to me. It wasn't until 2016 that I started, if you check the records, I started allowing myself to be referred to as an apostle because that was the first year I felt I had come into enough to, and I'd seen sick healed, dead, no, not dead raised, that's an exaggeration. I'd seen the sick healed, I'd seen, I mean, I was already operating in the office of a prophet. Y'all know if you've been around me for a while, but it was when I started breaking into this level, I said, okay, and this was the trigger. He said to Paul, let's go back there, Christine, where he says, I'm showing him in a vision a man called Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he may receive his sight. So, Ananias, I'm giving you specific instructions because I've already given Paul instructions already. I don't know how many Ananiases there are in Damascus, but if you don't fulfill this correctly, I'll have to find another Ananias. I told Paul to expect an Ananias who's going to come in and lay hands on him. And so I need to be specific with you as to where to find him and how to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the example. Yes, Pastor Tunji, this is the example of the early church. Hello. I could go on. Acts 13, the Bible says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said unto them, set apart Paul and Barnabas. Listen, to the work whereunto I have called them. Now, I've taught Romans, uh, I've taught, uh, uh, Romans chapter 8 before. A calling is not your purpose. A calling is the encounter by which you are commissioned to your purpose. So, the work whereunto I have called them meant I have already dealt with, I've, I've, I've visited Paul and Barnabas already. There's an assignment I've given to them. They are waiting for your confirmation to release them into it. I could go on and on. Paul's about to go to Asia because he's preaching the gospel anywhere. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit, he said the, the Spirit of God resist. Holy Spirit said, Paul, don't go there. I know I told you to preach everywhere. Don't go there. Not yet anyway. Then in a dream later on, a man of Macedonia comes to Paul in a dream and says, please come to Macedonia. We need you. On the, on the ship to Rome, when people are about to jump aboard, thinking they're going to die in the storm, Paul says to the captain, the angel of the Lord, whose I am, and before whom I stand. Where have we heard that language before? Gabriel talking to Zechariah. I am Gabriel who stands 
presence of the Lord. Notice that when the angel, and Gabriel literally is a title, not a first name. It could have been two different angels. Just means it's a title. But when the angel who potentially spoke to both Mary and Zechariah showed up, notice neither of them was scared to see him. They were more concerned with what he was saying. The Bible says Mary pondered in her heart, what manner of salutation is this? She was more worried about what the angel was saying to her than the fact that he was standing there. Because it has always, and look at Abraham's life. It has always been the custom of a spirit to visit those who accurately proskineo it. In fact, if you are not being visited by the spirit you, you claim to proskineo, one or two things are going on. Either you are not accurately proskineoing. Remember, our spirit says spirit and truth. We'll talk about spirit and truth. We'll come there. Or he's attempting to, and you are not keeping the appointments, partially because you are not conscious of how a spirit visits or interacts with its worshiper. Is anybody angry yet at wasting time in your Christian walk? Are you angry enough to take your shoe off and throw it at the next preacher who tells you that you should not expect to have supernatural encounters with God? Okay. Now let's, let's look a little bit. Just a tiny, don't say, say tiny, a little bit. At how is oh I maruma shekala leruma we honor you. We're being visited by the Spirit tonight. Lakum, I was praying in this in this in this in the studio just before we went online about an hour before and 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 ila sureka atura. I'll share with you a little bit about uh, an encounter I had with him this afternoon, this evening, at uh, just past six o'clock. But Spirit of God, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you. This is your gathering. We are your people. Thank you for visiting us. Thank you for not leaving us in our ignorance. Now help us to follow after, to follow on, to go after you, to run with all that we have. Do not hide yourself from us. Make yourself known that we may press into you. A generation that knows you and can do exploits. Let the fruit of these meetings be that generation. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, now let's look a little bit. How? Because it will be wicked for God to tell you that he wants to visit you. And for him not to leave clues as to how it will happen. Okay. So, let's go to the Bible, shall we? Hmm. Let's start from Hebrews chapter 1. 
Someone say Hebrews. He likes to make some tea. Hebrews chapter one. You missed it, Tony. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm channeling my wife. Private joke between myself and my wife. Now look, 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 look. Hebrews chapter one, shall we? God, someone say God. What is God? A spirit. God who at sundry. Esther, the reasons why they don't happen as freely is because you have been desensitized. Listen, there are levels that are caught and uncaught encounters. There are levels that should just be normal. Yes, a vision may not happen every day. But the conscious, and I'll show you in a second, the consciousness that you are interacting with divine beings, to me now is every day. It's as in, I, Tony, I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't, I don't have to have a boom. So what happened this afternoon was an encounter. But for me, interacting with the divine is no longer an encounter. So you don't necessarily have to see or hear an audible. I'm not, that, that may be, yes. And also, I must add that for those of us who are called to be apostles and or prophets, in essence, your calling sometimes makes you more prone to this sensitivity than others. But that's why I showed you, that's why I like the Ananias example. A normal disciple should still have moments where you are, con where you are visited. Now, I'll show you what I mean. I don't mean God shows up in your room tapping his shoulder like, my son, my son. But I mean where you have a regular sense of interaction. And hear me, when you are beginning your journey with him, he should begin that journey by visiting you. I'll show you. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's go brew some tea. Hebrews chapter 1. God who had sundry. Someone say sundry. Now let's look at the word sundry, shall we? Let's look at the word sundry. It's the word polymerous. Someone say poly. Now the fact that there's poly in it in the first place should tell you it means many. Polyandry, polygamy, right? Polymerous. Let's look at the word polymerous, shall we? Don't get again. Polymerous means by many portions, by many times, and in many ways. Someone say many. Thank you, sir. Someone say many. 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 Not few. Someone say many. I told you guys I was having um, a conversation on Twitter with um, a young man recently who I have a lot of respect for because I've gone through his Twitter feed and, and I can tell his heart's in the right place. I can tell he loves God. And his theology is mostly sound. Someone say mostly. Mostly sound. The issue is that he belongs to the, 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 um, the cessationist theological spectrum that believe that these things we're talking about are for the Old Testament and the early church, and they're not for our day. Speaking in tongues, miracles, prophecy, and any kind of spirit encounter. Now, the problem is this. One of the arguments he presented when we were discussing was that 
um, the supernatural has only ever been resigned to special times in Israel's history. In essence, that it was never designed to be normal anyway. Because I kept asking, show me where the Bible says that the supernatural has ended. And his, one of his answers was, the Bible doesn't need to say it has ended because the Bible never presented it as normal. Sir, what Bible have you been reading? Not mine. Because my Bible, if you remove every single reference to the supernatural or divine visitation from my Bible, you're left with a tiny pamphlet, a tract, at best a magazine. Not about you, but my Bible is thick. My physical one anyway. So let's go back. Polymerous. Sundry. Many. Someone say many. Now, it comes from two words. The first word is poly, right? Or polis. And polis means many, much, large, great. Does that make sense? In a sense, not small by any means. And then the word miros means a part or a portion or a constituent of a whole. A part assigned to one. Remember the Bible says we prophesy in part? Okay. Because each of us has our own share. There are many ways God speaks and, or reveals himself to man, to man. There's many expressions. Each of us only has a piece of it. But the word is many. Someone say many. So polymerous many times. Now listen. And polytropos. Same word, poly. Right? Polytropos means in many manners. So the Bible is clear that to our fathers, Naomi, I'm coming. Slow down. I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm coming. So the Bible is clear that to our fathers, God was constantly Revealing himself in, met in sundry times and diverse manners, polymerous and polytropos. It was commonplace for God to speak to our fathers. And of course, speaking is one version or one dimension of visitation. He then says, He has in these last days spoken unto us, someone say, by his son. So Jesus coming to the earth was in itself a visitation. Yeah. It was the ultimate visitation. And the fact that even after he resurrected, the Bible is showing us case of people who saw him is one thing. But secondly, we then come Let's go there, let's go there, let's go there. Actually, because of time, you know the scripture. You search the scriptures, John chapter, one second, let me just make sure it's the right one. Yeah, John chapter 5, 39. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. But the Bible says, it is they that bear witness to me. In essence, the Bible itself is pointing at him. 
Now, let's go, shall we, to the Old Testament first, where it talks about the f -f fathers. Let's see what the Bible says about how God revealed himself to them. Numbers chapter 12. How does a spirit visit a man? Numbers chapter 12. Now, I quoted this already. This is the story of Miriam and Aaron thinking that they were bad. You know, they were all that in three bags of chips and that because Moses was there. See, be careful about looking down at people because of their age. I am now old enough to be both a younger and an older brother in the spirit to several people. Yes, there is a place for respect, and I, I'm thankful to God for the younger people, people who are younger than me in my life and in the spirit who treat me with regard and respect. But ask any of them. A couple of them show up every now and again in our, in our streams, and when I have time, I show up in theirs. Ask any younger man or woman who has a call of God upon their life if I have ever disrespected the hand of God upon their life. You won't find one. You may be my younger brother, but the spirit in you is the same age as the spirit in me. And the hand of the one on you, the one whose hand is on you, is the same one whose hand is on me. So I will not run into the issue. I will not make the mistake of condescending to the one whom God has exalted in that moment. There's a time when you're my younger brother. We can be having fun, joking about football. We can be talking about life. You can be asking my advice on marriage and things of that nature. But when it comes to the office of dispensing the call of ministry, there's no younger brother. Now, I wish some of my older brothers understood that, but I don't care. They treat me some of them treat me in a certain way, and that's fine. But I will not treat my younger ones that way. Now, um, let's go. Numbers chapter 12. Verse 2, they said, Has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord did what? And the Lord did what? It's on the screen. Somebody read it. And the Lord did what? He heard it. Yes, Pastor Tunji. No matter how old or young you are, I can honor and serve you within the confines of our shared in, in instructions from God. So, and the Lord heard it. Now, the Bible says in bracket, the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. It, Moses wrote the book of Numbers, so, but yeah, he was still meek. He was writing about himself. The same way John said he was the disciple Jesus loved. But you get it. Now, Moses was meek. God was not. Be careful about people who are meek, who carry God. Don't, don't take their meekness. When a man walks with a spirit, listen, when a man walks with a spirit, don't take his meekness for weakness. Are you listening to me? 
When a man, I don't mean if a man preaches about the spirit. If a man walks, if a man has a covenant proskineo relationship with a spirit for real, his meekness could be in itself your judgment. See, if Moses had lost his temper with them, maybe it would have been better. Moses just, okay, I'm meek. And the Lord spoke suddenly unto Moses, listen, and unto, unto Aaron and unto Miriam. God appeared to three of them. Now, notice they were all in their own tents doing what they were doing. And he says, come out ye three into the tabernacle of the congregation. This was, see, God showed up to each. So he says, oh, you people think you can hear me. Okay, let me prove that you can hear me. So you're hearing me now, right? Sh meet me at the spot. And then when they got there, see what the Lord says. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. Now, we all focus on verse 7 and 8. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. He says, with him... I speak mouth to mouth, apparently not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? He's saying Moses is on a different level. Moses and I have conversations mouth to mouth. I don't, so in essence he's saying, I don't speak to Moses the way I speak to the rest of you. In dark speeches. I'll show you what dark speeches means, right? In essence, Moses doesn't have to deal with the, you know, we, we call this in the prophetic a face-to-face -face prophet. A prophet with whom God speaks plainly. And I humbly, humbly present to you that I am in that school. I'm not there, but I'm in the school. So there's times where God speaks to me, the normal ways we'll see in a second, visions, dreams, impressions. And then Tony, like I told you, there's times where God says, get your shoes, let's, let's go for a walk. Like the, 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 the message at the quorum I spoke about earlier this year about the avatar thing, that was, face to, that was mouth to mouth. It, it wasn't an impression. It wasn't a I see, I sense, no. God was talking to me the way you're hearing my voice now. It was a clear, it, there was no argument. There was no, I, I could not doubt I was hearing what I was hearing. Now, you don't have to, the point I'm making is, you don't have to be a Moses for God to reveal himself to you. Because we see in verse 6, listen, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him. How? In a vision. And I will speak unto him in a dream. Is there any human being that does not have the capacity to dream? Then there is no human being that God cannot visit. Simple. Forget vision. If you have ever had a dream in your life, then it means the technology is in place for Yahweh to visit you. 
and I propose to you, he may have visited you before and you just didn't know it was him. E.g., he may have come in the form of someone whose opinion you respect. For some of you, he may have taken my form. If I'm your pastor, but it wasn't me. It could have been him. How did God reveal himself to Abraham? Let's go there. Oh, I wish I had more time tonight. Urubaka sibre konande de de bohosha. Eika sabah le konande de di. Laro, Genesis chapter 15. Genesis chapter 15. After this thing, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a what? Vision. Saying, someone say Vision. Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abraham said, he was telling God, you know, take Eliezer and all that kind of stuff. God tells him, this is still the vision. Um, this shall not be thy hair, but he that shall comfort other thy bower shall be thy hair. Verse 6, Abraham believed in God. In, he didn't believe God, he believed in God. There's a difference. Abraham believed in God and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land. Blah, 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 blah. Do this, do that, do that. So he tells Abraham, prepare the place for a covenant. Right? Verse 12, when the sun was gone down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. Someone say Abraham was asleep. And a horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto him. Someone say he said unto him. So how did God continue the conversation? In his sleep. Verse 17. It came to pass when the sun went down, it was dark. Behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. So God visited Abraham in what you and I would call a dream, but it was actually a vision of the night. What's the difference? A dream is an encounter in which information is presented to you. A vision is an encounter in which a personality interacts with you. You can have a dream of the day and a vision of the night. The difference is, did, so if I, if like jo jo Joseph's dream, he saw animals eating animals, corn eating corn. That's a dream because all he saw was information, right? So information. Abraham met an entity who spoke and did something. That's a vision. Visions and dreams are the lowest level. In essence, and when I say vision now, there's different levels of vision, you know. Talk about that in the Quran maybe next year. Not every vision is an open vision. Tony, not every vision is a trance. Many of you have visions on a regular basis you just don't know. Have you ever seen something instantaneously for a moment? It was my, a picture just flashed before your eyes. It was, it was almost faint. You, you, you thought you were daydreaming. You just thought about so, someone's face came to your mind and you saw something. And then a few days or weeks later, you found out that what you saw was tied to something that actually happened. That's the technology of visions. I'll give you an example. Remember the word I gave the other day about a person who's 
whose family or, or, or locality uh, uh, basically worshipped snakes. When the person reached me, they told me that that evening, literally five minutes before they started watching the quorum, that they saw a snake enter their house. And they were so sure it was a real snake until they realized that it was just a mind picture. And they were wondering what that meant when a few minutes later the quorum, uh, the quorum started and then I said, there's somebody here. And then they realized, hold on a second, yes, my family and my locality, the area in which I come from, we do worship snakes. That was a vision. It doesn't have to be a trance. Chrissy, you're right, we call them daydreams. I'll show you in a second that every dream comes from one of a few places. It can be your own desires, it can be God, it can be another spirit, or it can come from the multitude of the business of the day, meaning your dream is picking up where you ended in the natural realm before you slept. But I digress. Now, what about the New Testament? How many more minutes do we have? Oh, we only have nine minutes left tonight. Mm. I don't want to, I was going to say, can I get 10 more minutes tonight? But I don't want to. What should we do? You know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to become a, a pattern where we, we push it from five to 10, 10. Then before we know it, we're finishing at nine on a weekday. On tomorrow being a Wednesday, we'll go till nine because it's a quorum day. So what should we do? Um, Yes, Chrissy says, let's digest this with prayer. Okay, so let's digest it with prayer. But before we digest with prayer, let me just say this. Because I was going to go into the New Testament. Let me just say this. Um, I want you to study your Bible on your own. And look for every time the Bible expressly says or implies that a spirit spoke to a man and see the language it uses. For instance, the Bible says that Satan, the Satan, moved David to count Israel. Don't say moved. It says it entered into the heart of Moses that he should be the deliverer of the Jews. Mm. The Bible will say things like the spirit brings to our remembrance, right? Everything that Jesus said. It will say things like, um, how, does, how does this one go now? That there is an anointing within us that teaches us all things, you will see that the primary way, I'll show you tomorrow, that spirits reveal themselves or their agenda to a man is what you and I call our thoughts. Mm. Mm. The voice of a spirit is 90% of the time the voice of your inner mind. 
the voice of God sounds like a spontaneous thought that you did not generate that alights on your mind. Are you with me, somebody? There is a, remember, what is man? Would come there. There is a spirit in man, and the breath of God, the spirit of God, gives that spirit understanding. So, what is communicated from, because a spirit has to speak to a spirit. Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit and life. So, uh, I'll come there in a second. And so, when the spirit of a, what an Elohim speaks to a man or relate to the man, it's spirit to spirit. But the Bible says it gives that spirit, right? Understanding. So, Tony, when a spirit speaks to you, there's two dimensions. Jesus said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. You register the voice or the influence of a spirit by a pulse of life or death inside. Something inside you either is excited or depressed. So at the spirit level, there's a sense of life being added or taken away. So when you say things like my spirit is grieved, by, it means the communication that just happened was demonic. John was, we're told, leaped in Mary's womb. So when a spirit talks to your spirit, we'll show that tomorrow. I'm just jumping ahead. It's spirit to spirit. It starts off as a pulse. There is a, <clears throat> but listen, it ends up in your mind as understanding. We've misunderstood that verse. The breath of the Almighty, the Ruach of God, the Spirit of God, gives him, the man, understanding. So, how does the voice of a spirit sound, Tony? As understanding. In essence, you remember things you never forgot. A fully packaged thought is uploaded into your mind that you did not either learn or think through. It literally hits you like a memory. It's just not a normal memory. It hits you like a thought. It's just not a normal thought. And when you walk with the spirit over time, like babies learn to speak the language of their parents, you become better at fine-tuning that communication. Many of you have been talking to spirits your whole life. You just don't know. Or let me rephrase that. Spirits have been talking to you your whole life. Over time, Tony, when a spirit starts saying the same things to a group of people for generations, you know what we call it? A culture. Me, I don't take nonsense. We don't take nonsense in our family, yes. Because the demon of anger has been speaking to your family for generations. Every time somebody offends you, the spirit says, strike back. And so after a while, the spirit doesn't need to talk anymore. See, a culture is what happens when a spirit doesn't need to speak too often. Because now your mind has been calibrated by the voice of that spirit over time. And there's a lady listening to me right now. You're a woman, you're married, and I'm, I'm looking at you in the spirit. There's a spirit that's been talking to you for a long time, trying to destroy your home. 
it's first been trying to destroy your relationship with people God has placed around you, and now it's trying to destroy your home. And it sounds, listen, that the voice of that spirit is the voice of suspicion. Is the voice of suspicion. It's the voice of, of looking for trouble everywhere. It's the voice of pessimism. It's the voice of being on your guard about something bad happening. Say spirit. And Tony, on the other side of the summit, we're going to begin monthly deliverance and healing sessions. Many of you don't know how noisy your ears are. The silence that you will get from true deliverance will be deafening. And deliverance doesn't mean it's inside you. It just means it is influencing you. Oh, Shadaba, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Father, we give you glory. By the way, if you haven't registered for the summit, please do so now. Uh, I saw the question earlier on. We're going to be here online every day till the 14th of November. And on the 15th of November, the summit will start. So yes, every night at 7 p.m. UK time, we'll be here. Uh, if you want to, to give to what God is doing, the details on the screen. And if you want to become a regular giver, a financial or a prayer partner, please send us an email at contact at kcultured.org. After you've given, send us an email because we want to do something for you. We want to uh, we want to give you back in the spirit uh, a demonstration of our commitment to you. Chris, if you can help me with contact the kcultured.org. So if you're the kind of person who gives on a regular basis or you want to start giving on a regular basis, we're creating a forum for our financial and our prayer partners. Please let us know so we can add you to it so they can be value communicated, a spiritual value primarily, but also practical value in the other direction. Eshaya. Mandorokopoti. Le surabaye manane kobade toladela. There's a lady listening to me. How do I know? Because the spirit is talking to me. So it makes sense now, right? All right. When I say God said, you understand. It takes a while. We prophesy according to our faith. It takes a while to figure out, first of all, what is God, what is another spirit, and what's just your spirit, and what's just your mind thinking things up. But then after time, you get to know which is which a lot better. As a lady listening right now, uh, you had a miscarriage or an abortion. I don't know which of the two. If you had an abortion, then I deeply apologize for even putting a miscarriage. If you, have an, if you had a miscarriage, sorry, I deeply apologize for putting an abortion in the same sentence. I'm just, I'm just seeing and hearing the end result. So I don't know which of the two it was. But there was a baby in your womb that eventually was not there anymore. And it has led to some complications. Your body hasn't fully recovered yet from that situation. Um, and you know what I'm talking about. I don't want to go any further. But your body hasn't recovered yet. There are still signs that something is imbalanced. God says, I'm regulating that body tonight. Um, and he says, I'm removing the fear that you won't be able to have another child. He says, I'm taking it away now. Uh, and I am resetting and he says you will see the proof over the next few days and weeks that your body has been fully restored now if you're not married please wait till you get married but he also said to tell you 
that the, the fear of not being able to have another child, he's dealt with it. Uh, you will carry your own children, says the Lord. And you will give him glory and they will serve God. Thank you. What do you have for Monday? There's somebody who got a bill recently um, and it scared you. God says, relax. First of all, the bill's wrong. This particular person says, you may or may not know, but the bill is wrong. You've actually been overbilled for something. And he says, I'm going to turn it around for your good. I'm going to fix it such that not only are you not cheated, by the time whatever company sent the bill is done resolving it, you will be, in essence, right now you've been asked to pay more than you should. By the time God is done, you'll be asked to pay less than you should. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Somebody with pain in now. I'm. I don't know if it's your right foot, but I'm discerning it with mine. There's pain under your foot. I, I think the name is plantar fasciitis, if I'm not mistaken. But it's a pain in your foot, underneath your foot. Walking is painful. Standing is painful. It's sometimes painful even when you're not doing either. Uh, Father, we speak healing tonight. Hallelujah! Somebody says, Monty Delora says, I forgot to share my sprained ankle we prayed for is healed now. Glory to God. Sorry, I just get excited when God, when people confirm the miraculous power of God at work in their life. Bless you, uh, Delaros, and you will not uh, experience a repetition, a repetition of the affliction in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. And by the way, please, we want to hear your testimonies. Again, contact at kculture.org. If you receive the prophetic word that God has made good on or a miracle of any sort, even one we didn't call out if God healed you or came through for you as a result of any of, uh, any of our ministerial uh, platforms or being facilitated by our ministerial platforms and broadcasts, please let us know. Also, if you're in a part of the world where you can't, you want us to, in essence, if you, if you feel like this is more than just a place you listen to a sermon, but that you feel a king spirit and you want to be a part of, of the family on a wider basis and you want us to invest significantly in your spiritual growth, write to us and let us know uh, so we can tailor what we're doing to you. We can create a forum and a system for you, including if there's enough demand, a physical expression in your locality. We bless you. Minister Maureen, I speak to your heel now in the name of Jesus from the place of authority in Jesus Christ. And I command that pain to disappear now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for healing your daughter's leg and heel in Jesus' name. Alrighty, guys, we, we need to go. We need to go. It's 5 past 8.30. So we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, also, I forgot to mention this on the 22nd of October, the ladies are getting together uh, for a an elephant in the room chat. They're talking about eating from the cookie jar before marriage. Ladies, can I suggest that you change before marriage the outside marriage? Because there's some people who may be married who may be having problems or temptations to eat from the cookie jar outside their marriage. So maybe before slash outside marriage. But if I was a lady, I'd be there. I'm not, so they won't have me. That's fine. If you haven't registered for the summit, do so immediately. And of course, all the, uh, the daily watches for prayer culture are ongoing. Morning drops of glory in the morning, 7, 6.30 UK time AM, 12 noon, The Gap. 
UK time. The altar is being consumed by these 40 days and the press Tuesday and Friday. So today at 11 p.m. and again at Friday, we're pressing into God. Share the video with everybody you know who wants to get deeper into the things of God uh, and let them know that we're live 7 p.m. every night for the next 35 or 34 nights. Love you. Bless you. Have an amazing night in Jesus' name. Amen.